Hey guys, I'm Katie. And I'm Alexis, and this is the Check Your Aesthetic podcast. Hey. You're doing... <laughs> oh, sorry. I realize I do this. I, like, F oh, with your ring. ring. But then yeah. it looks like I'm, like, like freaking out. So, yeah, well, if you weren't watching YouTube, Alexis was just uh, doing some weird messing with, with her my hands. Hand. Yeah. But, um, so the good news about this episode is that it was absolutely jam-packed, and Abby was so fun to talk to that we don't really have to bore you guys with much about our lives. But mm-hmm. I do have some updates. Um, I have a huge update, but continue. You know about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know about it. <laughs> you, like, um, what is wrong with you? <laughs> my not-so-exciting update is I just got back from Nashville. I went to Nashville, as you guys know, to see Casey Musgraves. Yes. The she looked like I a talked. literal queen. I was, like, Thank shocked. you. I got a mm-hmm. lot of comments about my outfit, mm-hmm. um, which I told you guys about my outfit, but the episodes got, like, weirdly switched, so I was supposed to be telling you about it before I went to Nashville, but then the episodes oh, got yeah, switched, and I was telling you. they haven't seen the photo yet. They're like, they don't know a thing. Like, they don't... Wait, they don't might know. They might know by now. Well, they know by now, absolutely, but the episode, like, before yes, I went yes, to Nashville, yes, it hadn't yes, come... Yes, anyway, yes. but I went to go see Casey Musgraves, and then had a little weekend in Nashville, and it was so fun. It was for my birthday, technically, but also just... It was happening anyway, and, like, mm-hmm. like my birthday's this week, so. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was very fun. Casey was super fun. We had very high-up seats, and um, I had I was scared I was going to, like, throw up from Fall the fear fights. Yes, but, yeah, if you guys are wondering which outfit I'm talking about, go to my TikTok and look at the Euphoria TikTok. <laughs> we created in a manic state in our hotel room and then you'll see that's the best view of my outfit anyway mm-hmm. yeah alexis oh, why don't you go yeah. ahead and uh-huh. i'm a person um, share the news so uh, um it's kind of a lot um so uh austin and i decided that we are not gonna have a wedding well we are well, but it's gonna be three days instead of one um, we have decided that we are going to elope, sort of. Um, we are going to be going to City Hall with just our parents, um, and doing, like, a really short private ceremony, and then we'll be, like, doing, like, a dinner with them, whatever, and then, like, two days later, we will be flying to Zurich, which I literally have a tattoo of the coordinates, it's, like, by far my favorite place in the world, very meaningful for me and my family, um, That's in Germany. If, I mean, Switzerland, if you guys don't know, because I didn't. Huh? Oh, yeah. Isn't Switzerland. It yeah, yes, yeah I didn't. Sorry. I literally, so, yes. me, whenever you were talking about Zurich the first You're time, like, like, Google. I was like, <laughs> where, where is Zurich? Is Zurich? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Zurich, Switzerland. Um, my grandma was born and raised in, in Zurich. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to me. She was like my favorite person. Um, but I have hired a photographer to be taking um, photos of Austin and I in Zurich, and that is where we're going to be exchanging our personal vows, um, and then we'll be staying in Switzerland for a little bit longer, and then traveling to the north of Italy, um, and going around there. We'll take like a long-ish uh, honeymoon, and then we will be coming back. And about a week and a half later, we are going to be going to Maine, where Katie will be flying to. Um, just me. Just Katie. Me, Austin. Just Austin, <laughs> and me, and Katie. Um, 
no. Uh, it'll be just our bridal party, um, and their significant others. So Katie's coming alone. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Not that the day after Valentine's Day for real. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. Um, also- I also I would like to say something in the middle of your profession of love. You know, your whole wedding thing. I'm actually super happy because actually yesterday was the first Valentine's Day that I was not like really lonely. Like I was totally Good. fine being single. Like I thought it was going to be bad. So I was like, I need to stay off social media so I don't get really sad. She Whatever. was texting me in the morning of Valentine's Day and was like, yeah, I was like, warning, social media triggered. is a no. <laughs> I was like, social media is a no. But then I didn't stay off social media and I was like, I just don't care. care. Like I'm perfect. I'm fine. I so I, that was, that was good. Anyway. Katie's like, I don't care about your wedding. It's like not important. <laughs> But no. That is um, not what I said. Anyway. No, I know. I'm kidding. Um, also, Katie very much deserves to say that from the amount I have talked to her about it. She very much deserves to say, shut up. I don't know. I love hearing about it. Um, but yeah, so it'll be for like a Thursday to a Sunday. We're going to have all of our closest friends um, all staying together in one house. And it's gonna we be will so be fun. having uh, like sort of casual um reception there um like I'm gonna cater a dinner and everything so it's kind of like our wedding but very micro it's Um, gonna be so fun I can't wait and you guys know I'm gonna be vlogging yes Katie will be very much I'm gonna be vlogging Katie will be the social media manager for the wedding (laughs) we were joking about like the photographer that Alexis hires for like all of her photos of her and like her bridal party and us being like hold on guys hold on um (laughs) Let's pull just our like, podcast mics out, guys. We just like give like, us like one second. Just like give us one get second. Some content right now. Hold um, on. <laughs> Katie and I are like everyone else is doing things. We're like going off like cultivating like a photo shoot that's just like the two of us. It's like a Seaway like, photo shoot. We're like y'all just hold tight. <laughs> we're like we gotta go to Party City. We gotta get some balloons. <laughs> oh no, we gotta go. We show up back in, back in the in matching outfits. Everyone's like, Austin's like, oh my god, Austin's like, what have I done? Actually, Austin would be like, sounds not surprised. Right. Yeah, very <laughs> much so. Um, I just can't also, wait for everybody to like. Sorry, I interrupted you again. For no, everybody to hear us like, like see us like cackling. They're like, what are y'all laughing about? We're like, nothing. Guys, literally you Austin's get it. every day, like, of you, you and me FaceTiming and, like, me just, like, in the background being like, ha, ha, ha. Because, like, I don't Austin's really, like, like I know, I know, I know a decent amount of your friends, but, of course, I don't know none of them. I've, like, met mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just, can't wait. No, I'm actually. Well, you'll come, to, you'll come to the bachelorette party, so you'll meet everyone. Yeah, I'm going to make a bunch of new best friends. Yeah, but also, update, I don't know if I updated you guys that the wedding was, like, was going to be in 2023, and then it got pushed. Um, but now it is going to be a year from now. So yeah, I couldn't keep up. I thought it was always going to be then. So if you guys couldn't keep up either, I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mm, indecisive. It is what it is. We actually haven't like we mentioned Abby's name, but we haven't talked about what this episode oh, shit, is about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was really good. So please stay around. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I'm just going to intro her, and then we're just going to get into it. But today we chatted with Abby Price. She is the owner of Abode. Um, you might know them as Shop Abode. Those are their handle. There, that's her handle on socials. Um, it's A B B O D E. Um, me spelling the whole thing. I'm like, follow her now, for real. But um, oh, it's actually. a home decor, a vintage home decor shop. 
Um, and we just talked about all kinds of things from customer experience to committing to a brick and mortar um, in New York City to like social media marketing. So it was a really, really great conversation. She was super fun to talk to and just super sweet and cool girl. So Alexis, unless you have anything else to say, I think we should just get into the conversation with Abby. I think that the only thing I have to say is that you should listen. Wow. (laughs) That was hard hitting. That's showbiz, baby. All right. Well, Mm -hmm. enjoy the episode, guys. We love y'all so much. Enjoy. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. We were saying before, this one has been one that's gotten rescheduled a number (laughs) of times. (laughs) We're all very excited to be sitting here. Me and Alexis have had uh, just the craziest couple of months. Um, But we're so excited to be here. I have been a fan of, I found you and your shop on TikTok. And I just love following along. All my favorite influencers go hang out. It's just great. Everybody loves. So for anybody listening who does not know who you are, um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell everybody your story, talk about abode, tell everybody. Yeah, so my name's Abby Price. Um, I have a home decor boutique in New York City, specifically in Nolita on Elizabeth Street called Abode. And I, the name is also kind of like a play on my name. That's where that, because it's spelled A-B-B-O-D-E. So when I mm. named it, I was looking for like synonyms to the word home and saw the word like a boat. And then I was like, oh, it's such a pretty symmetrical word. So I added the extra B in for Abby. Um, yeah, that. so I started um, making like little dry floral arrangements out of my apartment in like... February, about January, February 2020, right before COVID, after um, I learned all about it from like one of my previous jobs. And then I was in grad school and just like wanted to do something on the side. And I'd always wanted to make one of these little dry floral arrangements for myself that I would always see at work, but I was always too busy. So I made a few and thought it was just super cute and posted in some Facebook groups and was like oh maybe some people will also be interested in these and a (laughs) bunch of people reached out I just like made an Instagram and started selling them through that and then COVID came and I kind of moved home and wasn't really doing too too much with it and then sort of like revamped it a little bit over that first summer when like the vintage home decor trend on Instagram blew up because I was already finding like Mm -hmm. vintage vases for my arrangements and I was like okay well I'm already seeing vintage vases and other cool vintage things that I like so I sort of was just doing all of that and then I was finishing up grad school I went to the Pars- to Parsons at the new school um, and was getting my master's in fashion studies. And I was finishing up and I had to figure out what I wanted to do like for a full-time job. And I was like finishing with a master's degree in fashion, but was into this whole home decor space. And so I was just like, okay, what am I going to do now? Because you need a lot. I'm like, I'm not going to go back to school again and do interior design. And I saw some other young women opening up stores in the city and I just thought to myself, I'd had some some successful pop-ups. Like, if they can have a store, why can't I have a store? Literally, that's I thought of that right. in, like, March. <laughs> and then figured everything out for the store in April and opened everything in May. And the first Saturday wow. we opened was I graduated from Parsons on, like, that Friday. And I opened on Saturday. I mean, it was all virtual. So that's why I like, was able to have so right. much time to do it all. But, yeah, and then here we are in November. November. November, I opened the new store. And then here we are now, like, two months later in February. 
Wow, that is such an amazing story. I didn't realize that you went to mm-hmm. Parsons. That's so like impressive. How do you think that? Because um, you said fashion, so how do you think that like the fashion kind of component of that degree has translated, um, or like helped you with transitioning into like more of a home or a business kind of sense? I think that that's like my all my background was in fashion. And I always wanted to be in fashion, and I think that home is sort of just like an extension of fashion, but like fashion for mm-hmm. your home, you know, instead of for your body. Right. And I felt like I learned so much about these trends and I was also able to kind of alter the second year of my master's program to be a little bit more focused on these new interests. Like I took a design class that was like the history of um, different like design styles and furniture. So like this huge mid-century modern trend that really emerged. I was like taking a class Mm -hmm. as that was happening, learning the history and learning about all those different styles which was really great. And then I wrote my thesis on the interiors of Ralph Lauren stores. So I kind of just like was able to cater my Mm -hmm. program to be like this mix between fashion and home. And I just think like the creativity and the trends and the styles that go along with fashion translate really well to home. And it's like, if you kind of like have that eye, I feel like it's not hard Mm -hmm. to kind of be able to go between the two. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I think we talk a lot about like having the eye on the podcast. Um, and I think that's definitely so important. Um, and I do think I feel like a lot of people probably look at you and are like, Oh, do you regret like getting your master's, you know, when you just went on to do something different. But I think it's so important to realize that especially I feel like in a master's program, you really can like cater things more than you think um, to like what interests arise for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, at least. And it just gave me the time. Like I, the reason why I even started the program was because I was like, oh my God, I'm so miserable in all these jobs I've been getting. Like I was like, do I hate Mm. working or do I just hate what I'm doing? Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what else can I do besides this? This is just not what I was meant to be doing. And so I found this program and just, it really just gave me the kind of time and flexibility to take a step back and just be able to work on some of my interests and some of my passions. Like I transitioned from full-time to part-time at my job that I was at when I started school. So it was like, that was an interesting balance to go from like very, very demanding schedule to being required to do all the same amount of work, but just getting paid half the amount and having half the amount of time to do it. Um, But I just think it really just, if I hadn't gone to school, I never would have not stopped working at that job. I never would have started my own thing or had the like kind of, because it was basically, I was finishing up school. I had this idea. I'm never going to quit a full-time job with benefits to try out signing a three-month lease on a store space. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, that just right. literally never would have happened. So I was, it was just yeah. like all the perfect timing for me, which I was really fortunate. And with COVID, I was really able to kind of take the jump in a way that I never would have been able to do before with like the prices of rent and things like that in New York. Yeah. I love that. So when you were, like, you said you had done pop-ups and everything, were you, when did you really transition to what you're, the, the kind of items that you're selling now? What was that point? Because I know you did dried flowers, but when were you doing pop-ups that were similar to what um, you I would say now? in December of uh, 2020 is when that happened because I was, yeah, most doing the dry floral. And then I met these two women who have an awesome boutique in Hoboken. And I just literally 
I met them at the flower market right before COVID happened. I just like overheard them talking and I just was like, like they were talking about dry floral and I was just like, oh, hey, like I just was listening to you talk. Like you can and just give them some like tips and tricks. And I just, we just kept talking and they were like, oh, we're mm-hmm. opening a store, blah, blah, blah. And then they were supposed to, their opening weekend was the week of lockdown. So they had to postpone all their oh, whole wow. thing. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So we just... That's like mental breakdown. <laughs> literally, stuff, like, yeah, like, I'd crazy. Literally be like, uh-uh. And so they had to postpone <laughs> yeah. there, but we just kept in touch. And then I was just kind of wanting to do a little bit more with the um, business, and I just mm-hmm. it was just mostly just like recognizing this trend of vintage home decor, and I just mm-hmm. knew yeah. that I could do that as well. And like I was already finding the vintage phases, so it was just like, why would I not mm-hmm. also just find anything vintage? So they we had an idea to do a pop up at their store around the holidays because it's all clothing and it's a definitely a higher price point and the things I was bringing into the store were a bit less expensive compared so um I kind of got to set up on two different like shelving areas and I went shopping and I found tons of cool vintage things and I got to feature those in the store and then I came in like two weekends while my items were there and did Um, just like a little pop-up and set up a table and like sold dry floral to customers. I would fill the vases that they had there um, and things like that. So I did Mm -hmm. that in December. And then on Valentine's Day, which is literally a year ago, this yesterday, I did a pop-up at a store on Bleecker Street in West Village and sold like 20 arrangements in a day, which was crazy because it ended up doing a lot better than at the other pop-up, which was very interesting Mm -hmm. to see. Um, That one was just Mm -hmm. a dry floral, but like that was just because kind of like the dealings with their business of what made the most sense for me to do. But up until then, I had been like yeah. sourcing and selling and doing all of that. Right. Okay. So I want to hear about the process of you kind of talked about deciding to open up a brick and mortar, but what was kind of like the process of like you knew you were ready to do that, finding the space, transitioning from doing pop-ups slash st- like selling through Instagram to a brick and mortar. Um, so yeah, just kind of what all of the, all that process was like. So I had like 3,000 followers on Instagram. I think that December was my best month because I was just really doing it for fun. Like I was not doing any right. like crazy, yeah. ad, like nothing. Like it really was just for fun. And so I think like that holiday season, I, I maybe sold like, a thousand dollars like on my website which was like crazy because I had barely right. you know like Never done anything yeah like that. and then my yeah. business bank account had like three thousand dollars in it and I was like oh my god like this is amazing <laughs> yeah and I never <laughs> took any money out of that bank account I sort of just like made it work with like my other you know like I just kind of kept everything there because I just like my family is very entrepreneurial and I just was like, mm-hmm. I never knew what was going to happen from it, but I knew that yeah. I didn't need to take that money out. So I was just kind of saving it for like a rainy day and who knew what was going to happen. And I wanted to keep doing the business as it was on Instagram because it's like so popular now. And like I had, I'm like in with my like very small website. Um, and then when I was mm-hmm. graduating and needed to get a full-time job, I kind of talked to my family and I was like, oh, like what if I like try this out for a couple months? And Like, would you maybe be able to, like, help me a little bit? And they were just like, no. Like, you can get a job on the side and then do this. Or you can get a job and do this on the side. And then once it becomes big enough, then you can, like, quit your job and pursue this this full time. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Um, And I just was like, I just had kind of seen how the pop-ups went. And they went, like, pretty well just from foot traffic. And I just was like... 
people were like, oh, you should wait till you have so many online sales that like it makes sense. And I just like had this gut feeling that was like, I should just open this. Like, why not? Like, there's no stores that are like this. Like, there are stores in Brooklyn, but I'm not going to Brooklyn every weekend, and I love this kind of place. Yeah. Like, this vintage, is it's here to stay. Like, this is not a trend. I don't think that's, at least for the next couple of years, you know, people are loving shopping this way, yeah. and there's really no home decor store similar to mine. There's, like, coming soon, but it's, like, much more expensive and, like, definitely, like, a different vibe, mm-hmm. a lot less vintage. Um, and I just was, like kind of just did some rough math, came up with a business plan um, of everything and realized how much money I would need to start it. And just was like, you know what? The worst case scenario is I like lose the money I put down on my security deposit. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, I really didn't know. Like I really didn't know. I had no proof. Like I just had seen myself like at a pop-up and like I just even my friends who have the store Brooklyn Bell were like you're so good at this like we would hire you to do the store with us but it was just like too hard for me to commute to like Hoboken and stuff and just like didn't really make sense yeah but like I'm just so good at talking to people so good with customers like I love talking to people and doing that and I just really felt that it would make the most sense and it was needed and I just was like you know what this is my only shot like I said previously how I was finishing up school I didn't really have a next move yet and so I was like this is just let me just try and see how it goes and that and here it, yeah. it worked <laughs> yeah I, I love, I love the to- like the topic of like a gut feeling I mean obviously there's no like numbers behind a gut feeling um but actually it's mm-hmm. funny that you brought that up because I think it was yesterday that one of my business professors i'm in graduate school right now at um the savannah college of art and design um oh, but my parents my... are in savannah in the winters really i love really? savannah I'm not, in, I'm not in savannah but they I have such an amazing programs there i always would say if i yes. like had known about savannah before i i went to ohio state and if i had known and i didn't want that college experience of like the football like i love yeah i ride horses and they have that i was like i could have been like barn equine science major and like fashion design that would have been like my dream program it's very weird that someone has like an equestrian major yeah Um, but anyways like so random but also savannah is so beautiful i really wish like it didn't work out that i would have gone there but that's where i wanted to originally go for undergrad but anyway other topic um but my professor was talking about how um like gut feelings really are important to listen to in um, business and like he was talking more in the sense of like pivoting um, and like knowing when it's time to make a change but I think that you bring up another great topic that you know other people yes obviously it's good to look at numbers but at some point sometimes like depending on the situation of course I'm not saying like go put down a deposit on like a place you physically can't afford um, but <laughs> it is important to listen to those like gut feelings and not everyone is always going to be like yes this is the best idea I totally get it and I'm so fully on board like sometimes you just have to like listen to yourself and kind of Mm -hmm. not really listen to everyone else but also it's a good idea to sometimes listen to other people so yeah I'm not trying to get it's a balance for sure yeah definitely um yeah and I I um interrupting that. um I also love what you said I feel like we just have to reiterate this what you said about not spending any of your money yeah. that you made because you didn't need to like that is such good advice for anybody who wants to start a side hustle that wants to or I don't like the word side hustle but you know 
business. a business yeah. on the side um, who may have a full-time job or something and can't really decide, you know, when am I going to take that jump? Start saving all that money, live off of your salary, and then wait till you have enough. I just, I think yeah, that was like, really smart. And then the time came where I was decision. like going to start this and I was like, oh my God, now I have like five, $6,000 saved that like Keep is down, a big yeah. chunk of like starting this like yeah. thing that I it was just like I had no idea this was going to happen but then I had this chunk of money that I never would have had else otherwise right yeah I think that was just obviously a very good move for your future self but Alexis I'm sorry I fully interrupted no, you no it's okay go on no it's okay <laughs> um I was just gonna ask about I mean especially New York City it's so um I feel like space and you know like physical like stores um are I think hard to come by. I might be completely wrong. I live in Vermont. Um, but how, what was the process of like finding that space, choosing that that was like the right space and the right timing and everything? Like what was the process of that? Yeah, so I, um, so there for a while, there was a lot of vacancies with COVID and uh, one yeah. of the first times ever that you could negotiate like this when it came to rentals and a commercial mm-hmm. leases are very, very intense. And so mm-hmm. my, yeah. so I did like a, someone recommended this like short term leasing company. So mm-hmm. they kind of helped me find my first space. But like, honestly, I just was walking around and calling phone numbers that said for lease on empty storefronts, mm-hmm. you know, like it was really, that was honestly the process. And then mm-hmm. they connected mm-hmm. me with this rental, um, short term rental company. So they kind of helped facilitate my first lease that was a couple months long but like before you you like covid you don't you sign five-year leases or 10-year leases or you pay like or like a company like this short-term rental one who like owns spaces and like almost like sublet rentals them out to people for Mm -hmm. short term um so i was able to sign a three-month lease which is literally unheard of and then that awesome i was thinking when you said that earlier i was like yeah (laughs) no it's like insane so I signed a three-month lease for the first store and then that came and went and I extended that and they raised by like a couple hundred dollars and that was July I think I resigned July to October and then um October or then it was like September started coming around and I started speaking to the building about staying there for maybe like a year it was a very very tiny space so it was about it was technically 500 square feet but it was split into two rooms so the front room of the store was about 200 square feet so all I could fit was like a cash register stand and like two bookshelves in the whole that was all I had to sell on so it was very very small um Mm -hmm. and I was basically like I just it definitely felt like there was so much more that I could do and I could fill in the space. And so then when I talked to them about mm-hmm. staying longer and resigning, they wanted me to pay like $2,000 more a month or some crazy amount more a month to stay there because the market was starting to come back. And I was just like, this is like absurd. Like I'm not paying that much to stay there. Um, and so I started looking around at other spaces and I did the same thing. I just walked all around Nolita and started calling phone numbers that I saw on vacant uh, rentals and um, got connected with um, a realtor through that. And then he found the current space that I was in. And the current space I'm in is like about 700 square feet. So technically it's like not so much bigger but because I only had like 200 square feet it's basically like three times the size of where I am now (laughs) which was amazing it has a huge outdoor patio in the back I have like a full basement to store things so it was crazy but I had to sign a five-year lease because the market is fully bounced back 
for the most part in terms of commercial leases. Mm-hmm. Um, not to the exact same prices, but it's definitely getting back there. And so I got I was at the perfect time where I still had a bit of leverage, but right. it was like I mean, if I had signed that five year lease in June or July, it would have been much better, but like it was still pretty good because even now I saw my realtor the other day in the neighborhood showing more places and she was like, yeah, there's like two storefronts left and they're all going for like a few thousand dollars more a month than what I pay. And so the new space ended up being almost similar to what they had wanted if I had stayed in the old space, which was a third of the size. So I signed, yeah, I decided a five-year lease, which is really crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really crazy. But they have this thing in New York called the good guy guarantee. So that they only give to small businesses. Like if you're like Starbucks or McDonald's or something, you don't get this. Yeah. (laughs) Where if I give them like about six months notice, I um, can end terminate the lease, Hmm, but I lose my security deposit, which is like four months of rent. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's only okay, worth yeah. it if it's like year two of the Yeah, <laughs> so like a commercial lease is nothing like a residential lease. And like I had no right, idea. Like yeah, yeah, like right. I had to get lawyers involved. Like it was, I mean, obviously lawyer, like that's not that crazy, but it's like right, I had right. no idea. Like I it's got quoted scary. by one, yeah, like one attorney that they told me to reach out to quoted me $10,000 just to do, just to look over my lease to do this. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Me sending my lease to lease. No, literally, I had to call up one of my friends. (laughs) My apartment lease. I had to call up one of my friends to be like, hey, we haven't spoken in, like, months. But, like, I was wondering if you could, like, take a look at my lease, like, for my new store. Literally. (laughs) Because I was, like, not about to pay that. So it took, like, two months of, like, negotiations and back and forth and with the lawyers and the Mm -hmm. realtors and then their lawyers. And I had to do, like, a whole pitch on, like, the business and the ways to generate income and, like, why it makes sense for me to be there. And, like, then I, I found out, like, four leases before. Or mine had fell through on the space, then that made me scared. And and then basically for a commercial lease, it's like, you know how like in a, if you're in your apartment, if like something breaks, like you just call your super and they fix it. That doesn't exist for commercial. Mm-hmm. So basically you own okay. it and then mm-hmm. pay every you, single it's month. Your fault. It's yeah. Your, so if like, anything happens or goes wrong, right? I'm responsible. Yeah, it's my responsibility to fix it unless it's like on the outside or like structural so they just they're so expensive and all the responsibilities on you and it's like the craziest process ever but yeah it's either five years or ten years so I thought five years would be the better option for me a little bit better yeah a lot of people do they just they recommend you just do a 10 year because like do you get savings for that? No, but it's like, oh. they're just like, the, <laughs> I know, they're like. <laughs> you just don't have to deal with yeah. that again. Yeah, and, and like the way with yeah. the market is, yeah. like my rent could probably right. be like Might double well. in, ten, in five years, you know? Yeah, but, very true, because uh, they like yeah. renegotiate. Yeah, like, but like, yeah. I don't know. So a lot of them will say like, just do the tenure because like the good guy guarantee is the same, you know? So it's like, if you're going to break your lease mm-hmm. after three years versus seven years, it's still going to be the same default pricing, so. Right. But I just was like, nah. Nah. I'll go <laughs> with the nah, safer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for people around our age, 10 years is like, I mean, it's not half of our life, but it's like close oh, yeah. to like, half I'll of be, our life. I'll be 30 so, so when the lease is up. And like, I feel like I'll be in such a different place. Like, who knows if I'm even going to want to have a brick and yeah. store anymore. So. Yeah. So exactly. I'm so impressed with like uh, you dealing with that. Like, I feel like uh, it's just like a very scary thing to do. Um. But Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you said in the beginning um, of the interview that your parents have kind of like an entrepreneurial 
mind or sense or that's something that you were raised with do you think that that's something that influenced this like business-minded sense that you have and kind of helped that not be so scary maybe yeah I mean almost every single person in my family started their own business like it's crazy Mm -hmm. like cousins my aunts uncles my dad like almost every single person um grandparents like it's really interesting so I think that that just made it feel pretty like attainable to me that mm-hmm. like it's not such yeah. a crazy dream that like if there's if I have mm-hmm. a good idea and I set my mind to it that it's something that I can get done um which so I think I'm really lucky in that sense because it was always something that I it was always something I wanted to do like this is one of like a million ideas this is the first one that just stuck and it's like a real business now. Yeah. <laughs> um right yeah so <laughs> I think that hugely hugely influenced me and I think it also made them more supportive because they've all been there. Like they've all been they at that understand point it, that's like right. this might fail, but like at least you can try because try. of all the positives that can come out of it if you don't fail. Definitely. Yeah, and if you do fail, it's like not like your life's yeah. gonna end. And I'm so young that it's I feel like, like can be that I'll just get a job, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then you have a whole experience of literally doing everything that involves running a business. So of course you'd be good at helping somebody else run their business. <laughs> Um, which I feel like is always good, but okay. So you've bought the space, you've signed the lease. What is slash was the most important thing to you when like creating your store? So was it like the layout of the store? Was it like customer experience? Was it the items? Like, was it, you know, visual merchandising? Kind of like, what are the things that are at the top of your like concern list? Um, I wanted it to be really cool because I wanted people to want to, enjoy being there and like photograph it and Mm -hmm. post about it but in like a way that's like not like I'm trying to have it be a cool space that I want people to take pictures of (laughs) right now like Mm -hmm. yeah it's not like photo op like yeah like I feel like it's so (laughs) transparent especially now when people create spaces for Instagram instead of having a space that looks cool so you then want to Instagram about it you know so yeah, true. I yes. wanted it to just be really cool and I wanted people to like love the vibes and just want to come and like feel like they can like stop in and hang out. I mean, it's not so big, so you can't just come and like sit around for like hours, right. Um, right. but just mm-hmm. that they kind of felt like, and I wanted to feel different than other stores and unique and not like a traditional, um, like all the shelves, like one after the other, like things are super like neat and lined mm-hmm. up. Like with the way I stage a lot of the store is as if you could take a book, sh- the bookshelf and put it in your home because of the way it looks like it's not like mm-hmm. all the candles are right here and all the vases are right here and all the bowls are right, right. here. It's like, it, yeah. it feels very curated and very one of a kind. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it so much easier for the customer to like envision yes, something exactly. in their home rather than being like, here is a candle. You have 30 options. Pick one. Yeah. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. It's much, it's much easier. Yeah. Um, so something I'm also learning about in school is how important like the experience that you provide for your customer. Um, and that's like a huge value proposition for them that that's, it's, they're not only purchasing the item when they come into the store, but they're also purchasing or looking for that experience. Um, so yeah, especially especially for a smaller business, yes. like obviously at Target, you know what you're getting. But. Yeah, but also Target kind of is an experience. Um, Walmart, on the other yeah, hand, Walmart uh, is, is not, not really the, the experience you want to have. Um, I've had some very unfortunate experiences at Walmart. Anyways, <laughs> um, so what is kind of like the experience that you want your customers to have when coming in um, and what like elements of that are most important to you? 
I want them to feel very comfortable coming in and that they don't feel like they have to buy something because I feel like that's Ooh, a really important – it's, like, the long game, you know, in retail, yes. I think. is like, like a relationship mm, with them. Yeah, like, I like, feel like I'm hey, friends – Hey, buy something. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm friends with so many of my customers. Like, they pop in all the time to say hi, especially because there's always new things. So I try mm-hmm. to be, like – yeah oh, like, you should wait until you see something that you really love. Like, don't feel pressured to buy something yeah. because when you come in next time, it's going to be a, probably, it looks like an entirely different store. Um, so I just want people to really feel, like, welcome and feel like they can just pop in and say hi and not feel pressured to buy something. Yeah. Um, I Like, I people come in all the time and are like, oh, like, my friend so-and-so told me to come by that you totally. know. And it's like, I, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. mean so many people, it's hard to remember everyone. But, like, they felt enough of a connection to be like oh like I met the owner like you like you of course you'll remember my friend because you guys like talked for right. so long you know um, right which is of course it's 100% genuine that I do that but like it's just yeah. definitely hard to keep track With of names. everyone but yeah, right. people feel right, like that when they come in and that's yeah. so important to me and I just like always want to feel like we go I want the customer to feel like we go kind of like above and beyond like if someone's buying a disco mm-hmm. ball and I have some extra like fishing line downstairs that I'll like go grab it for them or like someone bought a jacket and yeah. I found like a random garment bag that I had for that was my own that I just wasn't really using that I like used for them or like mm-hmm. we'll deliver things to your mm-hmm. house that sort of thing mm-hmm. that just feels like very personalized um and I feel yeah. like that's also the best way to get people to return because they have a personal connection with totally. us and so they feel like oh I have, a, I have to get a gift I should go to abode to like look for something because like I like them there and I enjoy being there and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. checking out what's new yeah absolutely and I love what you said about the long game because I feel like especially with a store like yours that's like you said very curated um like this you know it's all new always new things but you know if you like one thing in the store you're probably gonna like a lot of other things or the same thing for a friend so without you know when you say like you're not pressuring people to buy something you're kind of inherently creating that customer like that repeat customer because they know like yeah I like it there I like being in there and I know eventually I'm gonna find something that I like so I'm gonna keep going back until I do because you always have cool new things coming in I have a random question that um I would just like to interject in here so I saw a TikTok on your TikTok of you shopping TikTok. for the things, <laughs> yeah. shopping for things for the store. So I want to hear more about that process because when you're obviously shopping for vintage items, like, or looking around for, I don't necessarily know if you would call it shopping. There's probably a, a more uh, like professional sourcing. word for it, but Fancy there you word. go. That's it. Yeah. Um, but kind of what are you just like constantly looking for like estate sales and things like what's, how much time do you spend on that? Kind of like, what's that like? I'm very interested in um, that. I, yeah, I mean, I usually will, t- like, designate, like, once the store looks a little low, like, our back stock, mm. I'll take a day to go out and go driving around to, like, Pennsylvania or New Jersey and, like, rent a car mm-hmm. and, like, I'll look for, maybe I'll time it so I stop at a estate sale in the morning and then go to some antique malls, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, yeah, I'm always, like, planning on doing that like my mom and grandma actually buy things for me at home in Boston Aww, and like I'll go pick so it up cute. from them yeah like they'll go to estate sales or like local thrift stores and like take photos and send it to me and be like oh my god like do you like this and stuff like that 
That's so, you know they're that. up at the estate sales being like, my daughter owns Oh, yeah, no, the, the, the women all know me who run all the stuff in our town. Like, they'll, like, put things aside for That's me so now sweet. and stuff like that, which is so cute. Um, and I'm always, That's like, so scrolling, like, resale websites, like, at all hours of the day. Like, I, like, before I go to sleep, I'll be mm. like, ooh, like, all of pics popped into my brain. Like, let me, like, try and find those, like, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I yeah. take a lot of my time. But that's my favorite part. So. Yeah. I love it. The Whatever TikTok I saw, you were at some big giant one. I, I, I'm sure you know the TikTok I'm talking about. Everybody's like, what are you talking, literally, what are you talking about? Um, but that is so fun to me. I love walking through antique malls, and I would love having, like, a reason well, to buy Well, that's what I say. Things. I was able to. Because you can't buy no, that many exactly. things for yourself. This is, my, my favorite thing to say is I was able, it's the best thing ever, because when do you ever get to go shopping and buy every single thing you want? <laughs> and, like, not feel bad yeah, about I it. You're, do like, that you're doing it on time. purpose. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Right, definitely. I love it's that. It's, like, the best way for, like, a shopping addict Literally, to Literally. And I, I, know, I was, I was able to turn shopping into my job. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Um, so, so we have the question written, like, how do you create repeat, repeat customers? But I feel like we already kind of talked about that, but I also wanted to, wanted to mention that I loved earlier when we were talking about kind of like the, um, how you don't want to pressure anyone. And I feel like that almost translates to your Instagram. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing for just anybody that has a business in general, like no matter what you're doing, like, I think that it's very obvious obviously I've never been to the store but I'm sure like as you were saying like when you come in it's not like hey here's like 50 things you can buy and you definitely need to buy something or we're gonna like kick you out um but it's very evident on Instagram as well that you're just trying to like engage yeah um and I think that that's um good good job um I feel like that's (laughs) props to you you. not a question just loving it (laughs) Like, I I don't want it or Instagram to look like Crate and Barrel. You know what I mean? Like, I yes, want it to exactly. be, like, so much more than that. Like, I posted a, um, yeah. an Airbnb upstate that I thought was so beautiful and the style of it. And, yeah. someone, and someone was asked me, like, why like why is that relevant? Like, why would you post that on the abode, like, Instagram? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's just, like, social media is so much more than just, like, posting what we have for sale. It's like, I want to create value right. and Absolutely. why people are following us. Um, and like, that's just like something that kind of goes along with like our vibe of like a beautifully curated home. And then it's like a resource then for people. Um, and I also want our Instagram to feel very casual because like I, I don't influencers, brands, like I don't, I follow barely any brands on Instagram and I follow and I don't like influencers that feeds look like they like have been planned out for like a month. You know what I mean? Like I like things mm-hmm, that are pretty yeah. mm-hmm. spontaneous and real. And I feel like that is how our Instagram is. Like I had someone criticize me and be like, oh, like that, like we got a new shipment in a product and we just like threw it on like some of our pedestals with the flowers and just did like a little impromptu photo shoot. And he was like, oh, like that was so like disorganized, and unplanned. And like you could have done like a whole photo shoot with that and it would have looked so much better. And I was like, but that's not the vibe. Like, our vibe is like approachable and spontaneous. Yeah. And like, I yeah. I want our Instagram to feel like a person is behind it, not just I was like literally a nameless, just gonna say, yeah, not like a nameless yes. brand that's just pushing product right. on you. Yeah. Right. And you also you have stuff changing so much. If you had elaborate photo shoots oh, for every I, single item that you brought in, you would exactly. have no money. Yeah. You would <laughs> literally have no money. Right. And I also feel like, like I feel like it kind of goes back to that. Um, the trend of like, I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere that everyone's kind of 
pushing more to the casual Instagram yes. um, aesthetic mm-hmm. and that everyone's kind of like over those like super, super produced photo shoots and like everything is perfect. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we want to kind of have more like a realistic relatable experience and so I think that the way that you're able I was thinking the whole time before you said it like it just feels like there's a person behind your account it's not like a store pushing products it's just like a genuine person um and that's why we've had so much growth like I've have other friends who have brands who are like yeah it's so hard to get more followers it's so hard to engage with our followers like they barely respond to us or like they barely get likes barely get comments and it's like it's just because, like, you need to just be, like, not so curated about it. You just, like, have to keep yeah. it casual. And that's how people are right. going to want to be interactive because they feel like it's a more, much more approachable to them. Right. This is – Yeah, and I feel like – Go ahead. A, mm? Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> um, especially with, like, home decor, I feel like that can really feel really yeah. unattainable. Yeah. And give off, like, a very, like, oh, like, I don't want to go – like, I'm not that trendy. I don't want to go in there. Right. Like, I – you know, I don't – I don't. Like, just, I'm too like, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like that's, like you said, you're just putting stuff on the, you know, on the shelves and making it look cool and, and then t- snapping a picture of it. Anybody can come in and buy a couple things and yeah, you know, make that Yeah, that's something themselves. my boyfriend always jokes about with me is, like, he's like, things are cool because you buy them and put them on the shelf. Like, you could see something somewhere yeah. random and be like, what the hell is that? But then when you, the way you have it presented to people in the store, it makes it cool. It makes people want it. Exactly. That's like, I feel like that's something with the whole vintage trend that I've noticed is things that I, that's why we need people like you who are curating things into a store. Because if I went to an antique mall, I might be like, ugly. Oh yeah. Yeah, I might be like, I don't know about that. But then if I saw it on your Instagram, I'd be like, okay, I see how I can make that look cool. And like, it's like offers, like you said, And like when you buy products, like they always have a cost them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like just because something's not like being produced by like overseas and shipped here you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. still like like I, I don't know like I feel like there's kind of like some sort of a little bit of like a stigma about like maybe like thrifting yeah. or things like that or like buying and reselling but it's like everything has a cost associated with it so like right. the cost yes, of exactly. this is like me picking it out from like an antique mall versus like me coming up with it and producing it and paying for someone to make it in China you know what in I mean China. and I feel like yeah and also it kind of adds like a story behind it yeah. like you can walk in and be like I know that this, like, was thoughtfully curated, like, for not me specifically, but, like, you know, the consumer. Yeah. Rather, the general Yeah, me. the general yeah. me. Whereas with if you walk into Target, you know that, you know, some board of men were like, hmm, looks like trends are leaning towards this, so we're going to do this <laughs> yeah. with whatever. And, like, ew. Exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're if you're concerned about like sustainability, I think that that's an awesome way to shop too because not everybody has time to drive around to antiques. Yeah, one day a week to all these estate sales and antique malls. So it's mm-hmm. just like or have moms the... in Boston doing it for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's you know it's oh my dog's hacking up her water on the floor. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much for the interjection. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I I definitely think um, I've heard a couple people or a couple chatters about mm-hmm. all that but I yeah. think it's definitely um I mean you have like to you have to do it in the right way but I think that you you are doing it the right right way earlier I was Absolutely. going to re- relate the Insta- your Instagram to um Duolingo but it's not like that at all <laughs> I just was thinking like relatable and that they're not like pushing a product they literally don't talk about 
our product at all. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that that was not related, like, at all. But, yeah. Love it. Okay, so to wrap up the questions, um, our final question is, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who is thinking about opening up a brick and mortar? Like, what would be your... If you could only tell them one thing, what would be your top piece of advice? Pick something that doesn't exist already to do. Mm. Like, it has to be unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And it has to be unique, and it has to be something... I haven't paid really for any advertising at all since mm-hmm. I opened, and, like, mm-hmm. that's because people post and want to post about it, and they want to, like, tell their friends about yep. it. So, I've been, mm-hmm. so I guess it would be two pieces of advice. It'd be you have to do something unique, because... Or else why would people come start coming to your yeah. place if it's just right. the same as everywhere else? And it yeah. has to be done in a way that makes people want to post about it and tell their friends about it because they think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. I love it. Yeah. I feel like that's so, like, I literal, think but it's, like, mean... there's – if I have, like, a tick, if people didn't want to make TikToks of my store, then I – would have no customers yeah. because every single person really, comes yeah. in and yeah. is like, I saw you on TikTok or I saw yeah. you on Instagram. It's like, they're not seeing my uh-huh. TikToks because I think I have literally three TikToks that have ever gotten any views. They're seeing TikToks that other mm-hmm. people have made of for us that they posted on their mm-hmm. own volition. So I feel like having some sort of mm-hmm. thing that other people want to engage and post about is like the key also. That's actually such a good point that I never thought about that like businesses, if you make your product like unique and valuable and like, um, something that's desirable that people will make content for you without you having to pay them yeah like that's yeah that's a huge thing in social media like user-generated yeah. content yeah. Um, our whole instagram is utilizing that see other than our stories i was about to say yeah like that makes your life a thousand times easier too because then you don't have to be creating all this content which is just amazing but yeah ugc is definitely a big thing um okay well on to random questions these ones are fun so the first one is what spring trend are you most excited for which i was saying before i don't know shit about shit about trends <laughs> but uh abby you want to yeah. start you seem like you might know the best i've seen two trends coming out i've seen neon everywhere like i walked into mm-hmm. zara the other day and mm-hmm. i was like oh is neon back i was like i feel like I, I literally just threw away all my neon sweaters like three weeks ago <laughs> from that I've been hoarding <laughs> for the last like two and a half years while neon was on its way out. Yep. So I think that would mm-hmm. be fun. Like I always love like a bright, colorful moment. Um, and then I've also, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. home decor, have been seeing this like futuristic like space age trend that was really big mm-hmm. in like the 60s mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. kind of coming back and being a little bit like less like maybe like I said like mid the mid-century modern thing is like everywhere mm-hmm. and so I feel like all, this yeah. is like kind of has much more personality and much more kind of like funkiness to it so I'm excited for those two trends to hopefully be brought more to the forefront mm-hmm. I love that love um me like not knowing if things are trends but just knowing what I see in the stores <laughs> um I, I've been loving sort of like you're saying with neon I went into Zara too and there was just it was like different neons on every sort of area but I like the kind of like colorful but it's like pastel neon like it's still mm-hmm. neon-ish but it's like kind of a muted version because neon makes me look crazy um but I do really like the color and I've never been somebody who wears a lot of color um but I love that and I also just love that in like my home too mm-hmm. um I everybody listening knows um well maybe not everybody listening knows but I <laughs> just recently moved, like, into an apartment of my own. So I'm able to, like, decorate That's it myself, so which has just been, like, so, so fun. 
Um, so I've been loving that. And also just like a random trend that I like is the candles that are in the shape of things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, the, you, you know, you're not supposed to burn them. But like, yeah. you know, they're just like home decor. But I recently got a little like Cupid one Aww, when I was in Nashville. And it's cute. I just think that's fun. I don't know if that's a trend. But Alexis, what it's do you think? Um, I would say I, well, there's one. It's not really a trip. Yeah, of course, Alexa. That, that was. That was Alexa. Um, of course. <laughs> but, um, this isn't really a trend, but literally yesterday on Pinterest, I saw, so simple, but it's like a, I saw a picture of like a floral dress and then the girl had like a white baseball hat on and then like a long, like not a flannel, but like a button up shirt. And I thought that that was like literally in the spring those are like three things i wear but i literally never put them together and i think that it's not a trend yeah no the baseball hats though like baseball hats I yeah think for sure yeah but then i would say yeah. like i mean 90s is not like an upcoming trend that's always a trend but i feel like i've been seeing a lot of like crop tops of like 90s childhood mm-hmm. like child tv shows <laughs> It's like the y- Y2K yeah, trend but it's like, here for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but like in like the spring colors, like, a, like the more like bright, yeah. like, I don't know, I've been seeing a lot of like Hello Kitty or Saw, like, I don't, I don't even know, but I feel like that's really cute and I want to, I want to go for that. So yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So last and final question, I love this one. random question <laughs> is what home decor style do you just like can't, like what can, can you not stand or you think it's like chooky? You just really are not not a fan. We're about to like piss some people off for real. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Abby, you can start. Um, something that I am not a huge fan of are neon signs. I'm just like over it. Um, I yeah. I think mm-hmm. that they have they not every single one ever. You know, like there's still mm-hmm. some cool ones, but mm-hmm. like I'm just like not not it anymore i feel like they had their for me for me neon signs and weddings Mm. is like my big like i know that's not interior design but like if i see another wedding sign on tiktok or on etsy or pinterest that's neon i'm gonna throw literally like i feel like like it was so good but now it's just just like like, it came it's it's like it got it was it got ruined you know what i mean because it's too too much yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really I agree that there are some cool ones like actual real old neon yeah. signs. Oh like, yeah, like a mar- like a vintage martini from like a bar mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. was in like that mm-hmm. is shutting down. So sick, but like mm-hmm. like New yeah. York City or like they've gotten to like mass yeah. producer like shit quality or like now, the like little you know? quote ones. I'm just like nah. Just, like, I feel like it. in like a store if they had like if they were like a vintage store and they had like a vintage neon sign that was like related to their business. I feel like that is the case that it's like cool. Yeah. But when it's like you buy it on Amazon for like thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna get like, like the quality. Prettiest one. girl, like pretty girls are the ha- like you know what I mean, like those ones. <laughs> yeah, like, prettiest like, girl. No. Pretty girl. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Katie um, yeah. Okay, I think, and this is like, it's not really. Well, yeah, it's just I didn't say home decor trend. I said home decor style. I do not like when everything is white. Mm. When everything is white, mm-hmm. like add some spice, mm-hmm. add some color. It doesn't even have to be. It can all be still neutral, but, like, mm-hmm. all those, like, plain white kitchens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, your kitchen is going to always yeah. look dirty, mm-hmm. other than the one time you took this picture right when you, like, Also, you edited that house. photo, guaranteed. <laughs> it's not actually Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. But I just, like, I really am just a collector of things. I like just having a bunch of crap, like, 
not crap, but stuff I like having just a yeah. bunch of things, like a lot of stuff. Big, big stuff, girl. I'm not definitely not a no, minimalist, not but minimalist. yeah, I, I don't like. <laughs> same, I'm literally maximalist, but I do not like the just the all white. I think that's boring. Definitely, so, Alexis. Um, this is in no way a trend. This is like an old thing, but it genuinely shakes me to my core. Um, I think it would be best categorized as Olive Garden chic. <sighs> Like, you know, the, like... No, yeah, I know Italian farmhouse. About. Suburb vibes. Yeah, suburb vibes. <laughs> like, I... My best friend yeah. growing up, her house still is Olive Garden chic. And, like, her childhood She's home, listening. She's like... She's like, no, it's her mom. She would agree with it. Her mom would agree with it. Um, <laughs> but it genuinely just, like, kind of hurts me. Like, when Our I, house used to be like that. Our walls were dark in some green... In some rims, they were dark green. Some rims, they were dark red. Yeah, the, like, whole red Triggering. wall thing. Uh, yeah, it just, it like, so hurts me to, like, yeah. yeah. It's just too much. Agree. Okay. Olive Garden chic. Yeah, okay. Uh, hometown Italian restaurant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> okay, Abby, thank you so much for coming on and dropping all of your yeah, knowledge for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Abode. All yeah, so um, Abode is at Shop Abode, A-B-B-O-D-E on Instagram, on TikTok, um, our website's shopabode.com. We ship. So if you ever see things on our website or our Instagram, you can just let us know and we can ship them to you. Um, but what we have in store is different. So if you're ever in New York or you live in New York, you should definitely come in person because we have completely different vintage items online versus in store. And then my personal Instagram is at Abby E. Price. Um, so yeah, definitely check it out. Love it. Amazing. Thank you so well, much for coming on. Yes. Thank we, you. This is one of my this is one of my goals for twenty twenty two is to be on a podcast. I was on I love that. I know. Oh so I'm really excited. I was someone else uh interviewed me and then they just like never like they kind of just stopped doing the podcast and they never like put it out there. So I like thought I accomplished that one, but now <laughs> Well we will definitely be uploading. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely be uploading. So. Um we're <laughs> we're honored to be a part of your twenty twenty two. I just, almost said twenty twenty. We just ghost you. <laughs> We like, like block you. Sorry. <laughs> we delete our whole podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on wherever you listen to your podcasts and subscribe. Oh my gosh. Subscribe to keep up with our weekly episodes. And then follow us on TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic and over on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast and our personal accounts, Katie Creative Co., Alexis Adams Aldrich, and at Shop Abode. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.